There it is. Okay, hold on. I we should get that lady to do the announcements. <laughs> yeah, I know she can. Okay, well, welcome here, everybody. It's uh, lovely to see your faces and um, just welcome you here again for another Zoom meeting. Um, obviously, things are, are on the change, but we'll keep you posted of all those updates. But we're entering our season that we're called Reimagining um, All the Things. So welcome here and watch this space for some more. I'd love to start, though, by just acknowledging that we live and breathe on Seamoth territory and of the Stolo uh, nation. I'm just so very thankful for this very beautiful place that we get to live and sorry that we get to live in it with the history that there is uh, with it being unceded. But anyway, very grateful and I just want to acknowledge that. Um, we are going to just make a focus right now uh, for our community prayer moment uh, for the country of Afghan, Afghanistan. And I mean, where are their words for that? Um, if you've watched any of the news items, uh, literally the Lord have mercy prayer is the one that is the only appropriate one. I don't even know how to start praying with it, with this, but it talks in scripture, doesn't it, about deep calling to deep and that even God can interpret our groaning. And I see the news and I, I'm sure that's the sound I make, like just, oh, God have mercy on this situation. You know, come and intervene where you can. And as a church community, we pray that this morning, Father, and ask for you to intervene um, into the lives and the hearts and minds of people, uh, both those who are the persecutors and those who are being persecuted. So God have mercy on this beautiful country and these lovely people. Amen. Feels very inadequate. We do want to also though, as we cry together, we laugh and we celebrate together and are so thankful for Grant and Gisela's return home. They're quarantining and to be for them to be together again after so long apart because of COVID and being stuck in different countries. So we are very thankful and we celebrate some good news in that. And then as we move on for what's coming up in these next few days here with teachers and students going back to school, again, we return to the give us wisdom, give us mercy, Father, as we roll out these decisions and try and do the best we can with the circumstances we find ourselves in. So, Father, we again just commit to you this new season of school and education and going back to work and ask for you to give us the beautiful fruit of who you are and that is love and kindness and peace and patience and goodness and all the things that make up the fruit of the spirit father we need that in this season where we all can be more and more polarized so yeah lord have mercy amen Whew, that's the prayer part this morning but if there is anything else uh, as you watch that you go oh I would love our church to pray for this then could you maybe pop it in the chat and then we can at least know where you're at and what you would like prayer for that'd be lovely um, moving on for zoom world this morning Casey and Sarah are on our chat and you as always can have the camera on or off we'd love to see your faces 
um, but please do what makes you feel the most comfortable and you can use the chat uh, to talk to each other directly or to everyone and there's going to be a question and answer at the end. Uh, if you are watching this and haven't yet gathered your bread and wine, please go grab them. You've got time before Sarah leads us in our communion this morning. Um, and I would like to let you know that um, as a church. Um, oh, uh, oh, 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 I'm sorry. No, <laughs> the steering team um, yeah. have made a statement of intent uh, because we are in the process of becoming a fully affirming church for the LGBTQ community. If you'd like to read more about that, there is a statement on our website. So please go and check that out. Um, and also we're going to move on to about finding ways to connect for this fall. You can see there's two dates up there coming up in September. Um, the Obviously the one on the 5th isn't that we're going to be all gathering together, but maybe that's a great opportunity with the weather still being good for you to gather outside and go and do something with friends and family. And then in September on the 12th, we are hoping to gather at the Legacy Building, but there is going to be more uh, decisions to be made about that. Um, and the steering team are having a meeting on Monday. So just watch your emails for the news coming up for that. And just to whip through these photographs that we've shown every Sunday recently, but this is the legacy building. Um, and this is the, the map. Again, this is all on the website, right, Sarah? Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're whipping through these because we don't want to repeat it every single week, but just go look on our website for where that actually is. Um, have we skipped the... No, we haven't. It's me. <laughs> there is one more. Uh, kids connecting uh, for making uh, picnicking games and the loving kindness theme at Elwood Park, which is Fish Trap Creek by any other name. And that's going to be at 5 p.m. this Wednesday with Sarah. Oh, and this is the meme of the week. Yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah. just go there and go back. <laughs> Got a very, very dodgy technician this morning. <laughs> um, this made me laugh. Uh, it's uh, two aliens meeting in a staff room at work or at school, and it says, uh, you catch the new episode of Earth, and then the other alien says, I did, this season is crazy. <laughs> I think that seems quite right for where we're at. Um, love to just spend one second on this part. We do always thank you for every single gift and donation you make to the bridge. Um, it goes to running costs of the church. We are able to donate to different charities, food banks, etc. But I would love to just highlight the fact that we've not quite been managing to make our monthly um, bills. Uh, we're dipping into reserve. So um, if I can just make that uh, a note for you to just ponder. And if we do move in now to the legacy building, that's going to be an extra $2,000 a month. So if giving is something you've been considering or you've halted for a while, maybe you could just uh, let that one brew um, so that you know we would love to receive any donation that you feel in your heart you would like to give to this. Thank you so much. And I am going to hand on to you, Sarah. Cool. Thank you very much. Um, I'm going to just move that around a little bit. So this summer we've been focusing on compassion and we've talked about compassion for ourselves, for our neighbours, for those in other cultures and places. And today we're going to talk about the idea of playing the long game of, of working with people and walking with people through the long thing. Compassion says, I see your hurt. 
I feel your hurt and I do something to help ease your hurt. And compassion is a community practice. It's not something you can actually do on your own. It actually helps if we do it together. But I'm not giving the message today, so I'm going to be quiet about that. And we're just going to have loving kindness practice. Um, loving kindness is an ancient practice used in many faith traditions. And it's the act of experiencing and directing feelings of warmth towards ourselves, towards others, our loved ones, and the entire world. Loving kindness helps us to develop empathy. And who can use a bit more of that? So let's first focus on ourselves. I'm going to just place my hand here on my chest because it helps me just realize that I'm actually connecting with me. And then with my other hand on top, I imagine Jesus's hand on mine. And then if you want to repeat after me, I'm just going to share. No, I'm not. It's gone. Oh, yeah, there I am. You can read this with me or repeat it after me. May I find a way to be present in this moment. May I feel safe enough to be settled in this space. May I be aware God of your loving presence no matter what. May I be at peace. And I think, is there someone in your life who's shown you compassion once or for the long haul? Picture them in your mind if you can. Pull up a photo of them on your phone if you can't picture them. And then let's pray that same thing over them. Um, I've used my spelling of the word God, double D-E, because God is neither male or female, and that kind of sits nicely between God and Goddess. So that's my, just to explain that before we do it, I'll trip you up. So may you find a way to be present in this moment, thinking about that person who's shown you compassion. May you feel safe enough to be settled in this space. May you be aware of God's loving presence no matter what. May you be at peace. Okay, now next, if you can, expand your thoughts out to the, all the living beings in the world. Animals have no problem with being present. People sometimes struggle a bit more. Um, so for this time, though, think of a people group or a situation and let that come to mind. Maybe it's Afghanistan, like we've just prayed for. Maybe it's something else. And let's just pray these four blessings over them, too. May you find a way to be present in this moment. May you feel safe enough to be settled in your space. May you be aware of God's loving presence no matter what. May you be at peace. Okay, now I wanna just pull it back a little closer to home and think about our faith community here at the bridge, past, present and future. People that we've journeyed with and traveled with now or that we will meet along the way because there are people that we haven't met yet. 
And let's just pray these blessings for them too. And we'll make it we this time. Oh gosh, this seems driving me bonkers this morning. <laughs> there it is. <sighs> okay, so thinking about our faith community, may we find a way to be present in this moment. May we feel safe enough to be settled in our space. May we be aware of God's loving presence no matter what. May we be at peace. And just in the quietness of this short moment, let's just sit with Jesus. See if he says anything that he wants to say to us before we move on. All right. So the next part of our gathering, we're going to just segue into communion. Um, taking communion together is something that I've loved having in every week of our gatherings online and something that we hope to continue as we move to whatever it is we move to next. Mm. So gather your elements. This is the one thing that Jesus said we should do when we got together. So I think that it's the one thing that we should do when we get together. He's the one who invites us to the table. He's the one who shared the meal with us in the first place. And this is just a mystery. We gather around the bread and the wine or whatever it is that stands for bread and wine for you. Jesus said, this is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. Jesus said, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world mystery of that is huge jesus is the bread who meets our aching to be filled jesus is the wine who eases the sorrow that we carry his is the life that we take into ourselves and the table is wide and it's open to all i'm going to read jan richardson's poem called and the table will be wide just because it's brilliant is this and the table will be wide and the welcome will be wide and the arms will be wide to gather us in and our hearts will open wide to receive and we will come as children who trust there is enough and we will come unhindered and free and our aching will be met with bread and our sorrow will be met with wine and we will open our hands to the feast without shame and we will turn toward each other without fear and we will give up our appetite for despair, and we will taste and know of delight. And we will become bread for a hungering world, and we will become drink for those who thirst. And the blessed will become a blessing, and everywhere will be the feast. So let's share the bread and wine together, and remember Jesus as he knits us together and remembers us, and we become his body once again.
and I have one more poem, John O'Donoghue. Um, it's, a, it's a blessing for the end of a meal. And uh, communion is a meal that we share together. Although, you know, not very substantial. We might be able to do this better um, in time. But this is, this is his poem. It says, we end this meal with grace for the joy and nourishment of food. The slowed time away from the world to come into presence with each other and sense the subtle lives behind our faces. The different colors of our voices, the edges of hungers we keep private, the circle of love that unites us. We pray the wise spirit who keeps us to change the structures that make others hunger. And that after such grace, we might now go forth and impart dignity wherever we partake. I will share that later because it's a good one. All right, so um, I'm gonna hand over to Eden and, and a grandson who's gonna share with us this morning. <laughs> good morning. Um, I'm going to need some compassion from you today because I have not prepared as well as I prefer, but I have a really good reason. I just want you to know I have spent a lot of time appreciating this little person and being able to hold him and change diapers and um, walk around holding him and putting him to sleep. So I thought I'd like to introduce you to Felix. Um, our, our second grandchild and our first grandson. And I'll pass them off. Um, so, you know, we've been busy with compassion this summer, talking about it, kind of going at it from different angles. And, um, I was talking with Brad this morning and I said, I think I remember hearing that, you know, compassion literally means co-suffering love. And it's not sympathy or pity. It's coming alongside in love with someone else who needs it. And then I had all this, all this last week, I had um, Psalm 145, 8 and 9, which has been put into a a song that most of us will probably know um, goes, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. And that's just been um, a real balm to my heart this last week as we've been watching um, the horrors of, of those who have been um, kind of caught up in the unrest and you know war zone in Afghanistan, but then also all the other things, the the bad weather and um, you know the continuing um, situation and heartache for our indigenous brothers and sisters and. Um, there's just a strong and immediate need for compassion all over the place. But our, our passage for this morning is from Romans 16 and it's kind of the closing of that letter. And um, Paul goes into this, um, 
series of, of thank yous and, uh, and greetings that um, go to personal names. And the list, when you look at it, is really inclusive. Like there's men, there's women, there's even slaves in there, as well as um, people who worked in the Roman government. So it, it wasn't just Christians he was talking about. Um, it was people in, in very differing positions and, um, and social status. These people had been co-suffering and working hard, um, not, not just Paul, but all the churches were sending greetings to them and their appreciation. So um, in light of that, I feel a little or felt a little nudge this morning, as my Baptist in-laws would say, um, to do something similar this morning because I've noticed that while we've been focused on compassion, I've seen many of you move in compassion, especially in this last year and a half for sure. So I know this can be dangerous, but I'm feeling a little risky this morning. So I would rather try and miss someone than not try at all. So here we go. I'm going to mention more people than we have here this morning, but um, some people listen afterwards on the podcast. And um, hopefully, if you're listening, I've got your name on here. So these are just things that um, I've experienced knowing you or observing you. And, um, and I'm going to say your name and, and what I'm grateful for. So this is just going to take a few minutes. So. Uh, Rick and Christine, thank you for your encouragement. Harry and Jen and the boys, thanks for the way you jump in to help. Kylie and Nixon, thanks for your willingness to help out. Harry Dirksen, thanks for singing over us so beautifully. Steve Mitchinson, thanks for extending yourself so we can sing together. Karen Mitchinson, thanks for making things look beautiful. Matt and Erica, thanks for doing some very heavy lifting in this last year. Hugh and Pam, thanks for being willing to say yes to Sunday mornings. Heidi, France, thanks for adding yourself into our mix. Kevin and Laura Lee, thanks for participating in such practical ways. Mark and Leah, thanks for your encouragement and shared skills. Philip, thanks for your ears that make everything sound better. Brenda, thanks for your sweet voice in the mix. John and Susie, thanks for being willing to share your wisdom. Stephen and Megan, thanks for your joy in our midst. Shane and Kayleen, Thanks for your gentle reminder of what we should never forget. Greg, thanks for sharing your experience and your wisdom. Sarah Kay, thanks for your sweet presence in our midst. Ken and Herta, thanks for entering in with us from afar. 
Lando and Kathy, thanks for your enthusiastic presence with us. Jeff and Bonnie, thanks for your voice, uh, your voices and your help. Steve and Lynn, thanks for showing up and even joining in your car. Lowens, and there's too many to name, literally. Thanks for jumping in on all counts. Ken and Wendy, thanks for sharing your culinary talents. Rebecca, thanks for sharing vulnerably. Nathan and Sylvia, thanks for your cheerful participation. Sarah Pickering, thanks for consistently amazing us all. Casey, thanks for your enthusiasm. Esther, thanks for making it so easy to come alongside you. Thomas, thanks for your willingness to step in to help. Dave and Meryl, thanks for joining us as we appreciate your presence. Krista Roby, thanks for sharing with us. Rob and Angel, thanks for being so willing to help out. Teresa, Thanks for your voice and how you spend yourself. Philip and Elisa, thanks for being faithful in our community. Eric and Krista, thank you for demonstrating compassion so well. Paul and Maureen, thanks for your presence and willingness to jump in. Lori and John, Thanks for giving us things to think about and sharing vulnerably. Stan and Gail, we appreciate your voices and presence in our midst. Karen Swatsky, thanks for joining us live in the park and for your words of encouragement. Damien and Dawn, thanks for bringing your smiles and enthusiasm into our mix. I think it's important to recognize um, that we're better together than we are apart. And that while we've been apart, we have managed to continue to share uh, compassion and even be enthusiastic in how we helped. And I was thinking about yesterday as we made our move from the school and um, and the, the storage stuff we had there and the, the, um, the container we had to empty and we filled up the truck and there was such great help. It was just so encouraging uh, as, I, as I pulled up to see how many people were there and how um, into helping they were. And um, it was, it was perhaps a bigger job than I had expected, uh, simply because I didn't know about all the junk we had. But um, nonetheless, um, it was like just an amazing morning. And um, I appreciated all the help we had. And, um, and I, I just think we have a great little community here. And whether we're able to meet together again soon live or whether we'll be 
kind of holding off on that. Um, I, I appreciate that you guys have moved in compassion in your lives within this community and, um, and also uh, by distance. And um, I just wanna say, I love you and I love being a part of this community. And uh, I do hope that we get to be together very soon. And now Sarah's gonna spend a little bit of time talking with Teresa. I'm gonna be constantly amazing. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> no, I'm going to chat with Teresa. And um, Teresa, hi. Hi. Good to be oh, here. So it's so fun to see you in your little studio. I know. <laughs> We've all had to do what we have to do during COVID to kind of get through it. For sure. You've got to make your mm -hmm. space. You've got to make your space work for you, and that it looks exactly. like it's working for you. Yeah, so, uh, we, as much as we could just sit here and shoot the breeze, let's actually ask the questions. So, all right. Um, all right. So, uh, you're here to talk about compassion and what you do as a job. So, what area of compassion does your job focus on? My area of compassion focuses on women who have struggled with addiction and who have decided and chosen to go through an addiction recovery treatment program to kind of deal with that issue and and then are in the process of kind of re-emerging from that and integrating back into the community which honestly is a very huge struggle and often that struggle becomes so real that these women find themselves entering the same cycle and going back into recovery. So we provide uh, as Life Haven, which is the charity that I started 10, almost 11 years ago now, we provide that transitional support and that aftercare that these women need in order to just keep taking those steps forward in their life and to succeed, whatever that looks like for them, whatever that means for them. In so it's, it's um, second stage recovery, right? So it's uh, even more so than that. Second stage recovery is now a coin term. When we started, there was first stage recovery and then out into the community. Now there is legitimate second stage recovery, which is housing that is safe and you have some supports. Uh, we're, we're outside of that. We're actually providing the supports within the community for these women to actually connect, to go back to school, some even need to finish high school or go on to um, further education. Finding safe, affordable housing is really important, especially now in this crazy housing market. And having the therapy and other tools, because really addiction is a symptom of something much deeper. And so we're just trying to look at what does that deeper look like and how can we support these women to move beyond whatever is causing those symptoms of addiction and yeah it's been pretty exciting it's very cool mm. so um so what kind of uh, compassion services does your organization have organization have is it is it just you or are there others what's the yeah well there's me i'm the executive director and i also do all of the kind of business supports uh i assist with creating resumes, business communication is sort of what I took when I went to university. And, and so I help with all of that. A lot of times the baggage of looking back and thinking that I have nothing to offer the community that's worth anything. Um, just helping these women to understand that every person has something to offer, that every person has something valuable to give back to the community that matters. 
And so we create resumes, but more than that, it's instilling that sense of confidence that no matter what you've done, where you are now is who you are and you're moving forward. And um, just helping, helping, like our community over the years, it's been astounding how women who suddenly understand, oh, I have skills in this area or I want to learn more about this have gotten jobs and moved on with their lives because we've, we're, we're like all in our 11th year now. We have women now who are in the community who are working, who have gone back to school, who are contributing to the recovery community. I have a few women who are actually recovery counselors, went and got educated in order to give back to their own community. And it's been a really beautiful thing. Yeah. That's very cool. And this, mm. this is walking the long journey. So 11 year, yeah. you can see where it is down the road. That's awesome. Yeah, I do feel someone asked me what what do I think the key is, because there's not a lot of organizations that provide this transitional support. And I just said it's consistency and community. And so we've created a community where even women who after eight years of being with us out there doing life, feeling great, suddenly have some old triggers or things that kind of create some tension, they can come back and see our counselor. So it's not six weeks of counseling and that's your program yeah. we are a community not a program so it's constant it's consistent and there's that connection that goes on through life that creates that support that's very cool so mm. um so uh for you then what kind of self-compassion do you need to keep yourself well fueled for your job karen's giggling okay <laughs> yeah how do you, you have a yourself in all of that yeah Karen no, has known me for a while, so that's why she's <laughs> um, I have to say for anyone who is in the service end of society, it's, it's a little rough because usually you go into it, and I went into this years and years ago with so much passion. Mm -hmm. um, and so you kind of give a bit too much of yourself, I think. I guess I'm speaking to anyone who feels a little bit rung dry by what they're doing. And you have to you have to reevaluate over time because for me, I was picking up calls in the middle of the night. I was always accessible. We had women living in our house. The office was in my house. It was constant. And as we've kind of created community, we have a therapist working with our women. We have volunteers. It's finding those people that you trust to bring alongside of you that can take that pressure off that. I think it always starts with a passion and a, and a drive from maybe one person or a small group of people but then it's like expanding that vision and allowing other people in so that i know i have people i trust that take a lot of that pressure off of me and i've created a bit more time for myself and i think the self-compassion it sounds easy but it's actually probably the hardest part of my job is learning how to not let myself burn out in the the recovery community i've seen so many people burn out over the years and actually never come back to the work that they were doing before because it really is a lot there's a lot of sadness a lot of stress but when you kind of give yourself people around you that support you and fill you up in areas of your life that fill you up then you can go back out and give away again. But if you're always giving away and not finding those areas that fill your soul, fill you up, um, I think I think it's just a bit dangerous and you can lose that uh, passion that you've had for that area. So it's been a bit of a journey is all it's I can a, say. Actually, it's been a consistent answer through this whole time is that boundaries are the thing yeah. that you need and like mm. putting some space between 
what you do, who you are, and filling your own cup. Mm -hmm. For sure. Uh, it's not easy. Yeah. Okay. So how can we come alongside you? How can we support Life Haven or how can we support you personally? What? Yeah. If you want to send a message to me, if you are interested in this field or anything to do, or you want to have more questions, you can go to lifehaven.ca. And you can communicate with me through there when you send a little message that'll come directly to me basically i think covid has been a bit of a rough go uh, in social services because our small groups which are super important for community and our larger events which are also super important for community we've put on hold we're doing lots of one-on-ones which is very important but where we brought other people alongside was more in our small group settings and our larger group settings. But I'm hoping in this fall season that that will start. We'll see how things go. We now have, which is amazing, in January, Kingston Flooring offered us some office space. So now it's out of my house. Awesome. Um, and we have, this, yeah, we have this amazing space now. And so I'm really looking forward to expanding our services and starting to do much more small group work and larger gatherings as soon as we're able to do that so if anyone's interested in being a part of any of that please contact me through the website and we can chat about that for sure very good all right so um the final part of this is um what are some unhelpful stereotypes and prejudices that you've um that you've encountered in regards to what it is that you do yeah you know over the years way back when I, i'm from winnipeg and when i worked in winnipeg I was working with people that were active in their addiction, actively prostituting themselves to support their addiction, often living in a situation where they were either homeless or just kind of crashing. And wow, the stereotypes. Um, I feel like people with addiction literally look at it as a, well, it's a choice. You use drugs or you use whatever it is you're using or you don't. But to look at it as symptomatic of something far deeper and far, um, more traumatizing and understanding that someone's behavior or what they're doing is is coming out of that place where that need is i feel like i've tried to connect with different businesses over the years hoping to allow my clients to get into some entry-level positions to just get sometimes they haven't had a job for years and we just need that and i just always feel there's this fear that people think someone who struggles with addiction is always gonna be that person that they see in their addiction. But literally I can tell you that the person someone is in their addiction is not even them. And now that I've seen all these women morph into who they were always meant to be, they were born to be and just never got the chance to be, they're amazing humans with awesome skills and talents and they're just beautiful souls. So I, I think it's hard for people who see someone active in their addiction to understand that that's not them at all. That is literally the, the addiction dictating their behaviors. And so that's the stereotype that I, I try to talk about a lot because I've seen the metamorphosis and it's really beautiful. It's a long process, but wow, the women now, you would see some of the women that are part of our community out in, in Abbotsford, Langley Mission, all the areas that we, we serve, and you would never guess they ever were struggling with addiction because they're contributing to the community. They're strong family members. It's yeah, it's hard to see unless you've walked through it like I have. But let me tell you what you see when someone is active in their addiction. That is not that person's soul. That is not what you're seeing at all. 
And my, my brother always says with, um, with alcohol, alcohol makes you forget who you are. Mm, yeah, yeah, um, that's good. That's, uh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So, so is there anything else that I haven't asked you that you wanted to say? Uh, I would like to say that our city has been so generous and when we put our new office together in January, so many of the trades came and for free, totally renovated that space. This area is so generous and loving and giving and kind. So if anyone's out there that's part of that, who can hear me, please know how grateful all of us are in the social services field that, that um, receive that generosity of heart and spirit. And we appreciate it. So thank you. Oh, thanks, Teresa. That was awesome. As we go, Teresa, I just pray a blessing over you, over all that you do, over all the lives that you have been able to uh, bless. And I pray, Father, that with all that Teresa offers to you in this area, um, Father, that you will just take it like the five loaves and the two fish and you will multiply it beyond um, numbers that we could ever understand to bless the lives of those who struggle and all of those friends and families who uh, are around each one. And um, bless Teresa, Father God, in all the ways that she needs your intervention and your care for herself and for her own community. And um, we just thank you for her and just the incredible gift that she is, not just to us, but to our city and beyond. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Amen.